Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Luke chapter 15. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of verses. It says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. In, in, in another language, it, it actually says with, with such scum. That, that's what the Pharisees would view the sinner as. And it's even eating with them. So he's not just associating, socializing. He's eating with them. So he's making them their friends. And so Jesus told them this story. So I want to kind of give you the backdrop here is this story is a response to the Pharisees wondering why it is that people are, who are sinners are associating with Jesus and why Jesus is associating with sinners. It's not just a random story. The story has context and intent. So this is the story. These three stories are a response. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one who is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully and until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Now he goes on to say, he says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story he gives them a story about a sheep a story about a lost coin and he says to illustrate this point further i i want to paint a clearer picture of what it is i'm trying to communicate and he begins to tell the story of what's famously known as the prodigal son and and the bible says that this young man goes up to his father he says father i want my inheritance now i was raised in a hispanic home Clearly, we know that this is not a Hispanic home because the moment you would have said, Father, I want my inheritance, it would have implied that you would have wanted your father dead. And if your father wanted, and if you thought, and if your father thought that you wanted him dead, the chancleta, the belt, and everything else would have came out. But this is an ancient Eastern home, and that, that's fine. Um, um, and so his father concedes. His father gives him what he, he desires. He concedes. He he gives him his inheritance in, in time and, can, can, yeah, just, I just sound so spiritual with this, man. Just, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Thank you. I love you. You see that? You see that beautiful? Anyway, his father gives him his, his inheritance and, and, and this, the Bible says that this son 
son goes off, and this is how the Bible puts it. He says he squanders all his inheritance. Everything that the father gave him, he lost. He wasted it. He got rid of it. And the Bible says that he finds himself in a position where he is now just looking for someone who is willing to give him some food as he works for them. Not even money. Hey, just give me something today and I'll work for you. And the Bible says that uh, he finds himself hired by this man for food and he's sitting there with some pigs as he's feeding them and the Bible says that he finds what the pig is eating as, appet as appetizing at one point and he has this thought and this is where I want us to think about a free mind. The memory of the goodness of his father is what returned him back to his father. He says, in my father's house, not even the servants work like this. I'll just go home and be a, I'll go home and be a servant. The Bible says that he returns as he way, makes his way home. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says he saw, them, he saw him from a distance. And from a distance, the father ran to him. And here's the word picture that you need to capture. He says, he fell on his son. He was running with such velocity and momentum that he fell on his son and hugged him. And the son starts, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I did this, I did this. I shouldn't have done it. I sinned against you. Against... And you know what? The father never recognizes his speech. The father says, go get me a robe. Go get me the fattest cow. Go get, go get the calf. Go get me uh, a ring and some sandals. He never acknowledges his comeback speech, his apology, but blesses him with goodness. Father comes back, brings him home, and they have a party. As we said, the title to today's message is A Free Mind. Heavenly Father, help me preach this message in 12 minutes in three seconds in Jesus name amen everyone shouts amen and amen real quick I'm just gonna tell a quick story one story number one if you love the person you're with you have these lovey dovey stuff that you do right like so one of the things that me and Lisa do is I say I love you she says how much and, and I say I say I have a saying I go demasiado right she goes I say I love you she goes how much I say demasiado she goes mmm okay and then when she says, I love you to me, she's like, I love you. And I say, how much? She goes, with all of me. Que lindo, que cute. Anyhow, so, so you have these things. And, and I just have this thought, with all of me, right? With, with all of me. And, and I just think about, man, the totality of who Lisa is, right? Who she is. Like, have you ever met Lisa the cook? She is an amazing cook. I love Lisa the cook. She's amazing. She'll make some arroz con pollo. And I don't even eat meat, but it smells really good, right? She'll make some totones, some, like, she'll hook it up, some potato salad official with the apples. You use potato salad, ain't potato salad unless it has apples. But anyway, the cook, off the hook, right? Then, then there's, 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 there's also Lisa the mother. Like, you, like Lisa the mother is, is not even saved. Lisa the mother is not saved. Because if you mess with Lisa the mother, ooh, Pastor Lisa, hat goes off, Vaseline goes on the face. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, Lisa, uh, Lisa, the mother, you got Lisa. I love Lisa, the worship leader, right? She's just like skipping to my loo in the presence of God. Like, hey, here we go, right? I love it, Lisa, right? Um, um, uh, Lisa, the pastor, she'll, she'll care for you. She'll counsel you. She'll shepherd you. She'll guide you. She's absolutely amazing. And, but I like Lisa on vacation because Lisa on vacation, she's none of those things. 
right? Lisa on vacation. I love it because Lisa is a very humble woman unless she's on vacation, right? Like Lisa would never, like I'm, this is me all day. Man, look at this face in this mirror, baby. You are blessed. You are highly favored because look at this. Lisa never does that. Like she never does. She's like, she's so gorgeous. And if I was as gorgeous as Lisa was, man, I'll be I'll be preaching with a tank top every single day. Like I would, I'm telling you. And, and like Lee, she, 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 she'll, she'll look at herself in the mirror. She never does this, but on vacation, she'll be on vacation. She'll be like, baby. She'll be like, she'll be like, baby, all this is yours. I said, oh, that's mine. That's mine. All this is yours, right? And I think about that because, like, though every one of us have a piece of who Lisa is, not everyone has all this is yours, right? Thank God. And, and I love that because I thought about Lisa for a second. And, and maybe if you heard me say this about Lisa, but I wrote this down because I want to get it right. It says, I, I wrote this. She's the greatest friend I've ever had. She's not just a great support of my dreams. She's part of my dream. She's the life speaker to my purpose. She's the reality check, checker to my pride. She's the voice of worship when my heart is anxious. Lisa is the greatest example of a woman of God to my daughter. She's the greatest example of a kind woman to, for, that I would want my son to marry. She is the warm blanket when my body is freezing cold at night. She is the best roller coaster ride in any amusement park I've ever been through. She is the prayer warrior in our relationship when I didn't want to pray. She is the one that taught me how to love when I didn't believe that love conquers all. She says, baby, all this is yours. Come on, somebody. And I just think about Lisa. I say Lisa's good, but man, I'm like, Man, could it be that God just doesn't want you to have a piece of who he is or a shade or a level of who he is? He says, I want you to have all of me. I want you to have in life everything that I have to offer you, everything that I have to give. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be satisfied with a couple of things that God has to give. If God has a purpose for my life, I want that. If God has healing for my life, I want that. If God has prosperity over my life, I want that. If God has success in my life, I want that too. I want everything that God has made available for me. If you believe that in this place, why don't you give God a shout? of praise in this room someone shout I want that and baptism is one of those things that I believe God wants for every single believer anyone that has placed their faith in Jesus he says listen I want to give you this gift of baptism all you have to do is partake in it he doesn't force himself on anyone he doesn't strong arm anyone he simply gives you the invitation and he says I want this for you do you want it for you do you want everything that God has made available for you so when I I just want to give you some parallels of baptism and and this story of the prodigal son and um, I don't want to settle on just some things I want everything that God has baptism is not something that saves you but it is an expression an external expression of a heart transformation this ring does not make me married but this ring is a symbol of my marriage and so because it's a symbol of my marriage people know how to correspond with me you know what I'm saying um, 
I know how to correspond. Why? Because, because I'm married. And, and when I'm married, my relationship with other things begin to change. You don't get married and continue to live the same way. You get married and, and it changes the way the relationships you have with people. Ronnie got married. I never saw him again. He's just been... <laughs> Like, hey, yo, last time I saw you, he was saying, I do. How are you? Welcome back. <laughs> I love you too. Um, and so baptism is, is simply receiving what God has for you, but also expressing what God has done on the inside of you. Um, it's an it's a, a external expression of an internal decision. And here's the first thing about a free mind that I want to give you. Number one, when as a description of, a, it's a description of a visible response to an invisible reality. It's an external declaration of an internal decision. And the first thing I want to give you is, of a free mind is, 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 is the F, which is forgiveness. That, that when we are baptized, you have to know in your mind that you're forgiven. Like you, you have to, this is something that we have to settle within every single believer that may be here today. You have to settle in your heart and in your mind that you have been forgiven. When we look at the passage of this prodigal son, what does it say? The, the Bible says that as he returns to him, can you imagine this son writing his comeback speech saying, God, I'm sorry, I need to make this comeback speech good because he has no reason to take me back. No reason. I've essentially said, I want you dead. I don't care about your life. Give me my inheritance. He doesn't even come back with his inheritance. He wastes everything his father has to give him and he comes back and he says, I have to write this comeback speech. I got to make sure I say I'm sorry good enough so that he can accept my apology. And just when you see the son come back and the father fall on him, his son begins to give his comeback speech. His son begins to say, I'm so sorry, dad. I messed up. I dropped the ball. I failed. I committed adultery. I committed to sin. I committed, I committed, I, I was cursing. I was on drugs. I did it. If I'm the father, I'm like, you can continue. You, you, yeah, okay, all right. You left three things, but I'm going to let that slide. But the father does not even acknowledge his forgiveness speech. He doesn't even acknowledge it. And I think that that's a picture of God. That God says, this is what he says in Hebrews. He says, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, it says, Our sins are washed away and we are made clean because Christ gave his own body as a gift to God. He says, Christ gave his father his own body to be crucified for our sin back to daddy. So that what? So that our sins will be washed away. And he looked, he did this once and for all time, all time. That means that Jesus took the magnitude of your sin that is encapsulated by the day you were born to the day you die, he grabbed every single one of those sins and he placed them on the cross in his own body. Jesus didn't just die for your sins, he died as your sins. So when my mind, when I jump in these waters, I have to understand that I'm forgiven and my sins are forgiven, forgotten, forever. I'm forgiven. Let me give you the... The next one, repentance. Everybody shout repentance. 
Now, this is important for us to understand this word repentance. Like, some of you guys heard this word repent, and you almost ran out this auditorium. We're like, oh, I'm out of here. This word repentance, I think it scares some people, but I just want to share with you what repentance means. And this word repent actually comes from the Greek word metanoia or metania. And it, it, it means this. It, it means to change your mind. That's what it means in the original language. But to offer a word picture of what true repentance looks like, Jesus tells this story. Look what he says. He says, the coin was lost. The woman went crazy looking for this coin. Like she goes crazy wild looking for this coin. Look at the shepherd. He leaves the 99 to go find one sheep. I'm like, I got 99. I'll be good. Right? Sheep A, sheep B, get together and make me some sheep. Ah, look at the love of the shepherd. He goes off and finds the sheep. Look at the love of this woman. She goes off and she finds this coin. So much so that she celebrates. Like I'm saying, like, what, wait, what's going on here? What's going on here? The party that you throw to celebrate finding this coin is going to be worth way more than the coin. You ever think about that? And I asked this question, how did the coin repent? How did the sheep repent? How did the prodigal son repent? How? Oh, they allowed themselves to be found by those who belong to them. So how do I repent? Allow yourself to be found. Don't resist God. God is here. Look, look, look at the picture of the dead. He, he runs to his father. He embraces him. And he says, come on, let's celebrate. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, sorry. Man, go get the ring. Go get the robe. Go get the sandals. Because my son was lost. But now he is found. Allow yourself to be found in his presence today. Allow yourself to be found in his love today. Change the, your mind by the way you see God, the way you see your sin. It's forgiven, and I'm coming back to God. I have a free mind because my mind understands that I've been forgiven. My mind has turned towards God. That's repentance. It's eternity. I have to understand that the work that God has done in my life is eternal. <sighs> Look what the Bible says. It says in, in, in Ecclesiastes, he has also set eternity in the human heart. <sighs> the void that you have cannot be, fit, cannot be filled through natural means. Because God has placed eternity in your heart. So the longing you have has to be satisfied through eternal means. He says, I've placed eternity in your heart. And, and we see this in, in Philippians chapter 1 because sometimes what we think happens is in the now. Let's be honest, right? You ever look at the word eternal and it seems so far away, but you look at your now and it seems so close? Like, yeah, okay, I'm a, that's eternal, but I messed up today. I dropped the ball today, and I dropped the ball yesterday, and you know what? I might drop the ball tomorrow. And if you're not careful, you'll start believing the lie that the change that God has done in you, simply because it hasn't manifested quick enough on the outside, has not taken place at all. 
and you start believing the lie that I'm not a different person. Why? Because, because I haven't changed quick enough. And you think that you, you, you think that, that, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta repent. I gotta stop. And you think that, that your relationship with God is about what you stop doing. Well, you gotta stop doing this. Well, you gotta stop doing that. Well, you gotta stop. I think that, I think when we look at repentance and when we look at this eternal transformation that's taking place, we need to use the word go. No, go to God. Go to his love. Go to his, to his kindness. Go to his, his hug. Go to his, his heart. Go to God. And as you go to him, he begins to change you from the inside out. But, you're, but this is an eternity. Like, it's complete. It's done. It's, it's complete. It's done. And it's just waiting to be manifested on the outside. Look what Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says. It says, being confident of this. We need to be confident of this in our own minds. That, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out until completion. That he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion. That he who began a good work in you will carry out to completion here hear this hear this jesus is responding and he says there's this man there's this man there's this man he comes and he's coming back and as he's telling this story he says so the listener the pharisees they've heard stories like this before and so what do they hear they hear oh that's right that's right this prodigal son he's getting what he deserves this is the part when you're in the movie and you see and you know when the killer dies but then he like resurrects like three times later So this is the part where the Pharisees see that this prodigal son dishonored his father. He dishonored him. He embarrassed him. He's not worthy to be a son. He's getting what he deserves. That's right. You, you deserve being in the pit with pigs. You deserve eating what the pigs are feeding themselves with. You deserve everything that you got because you've dishonored your father. Here's what the Pharisee. But, but when they hear that the story didn't end with eating with pigs and that the story ends with a party being thrown, surely these Pharisees are like, are you, what? What kind of movie is this? I am done here. And I want to tell you today that your story doesn't end with you eating with the pigs. Your story doesn't end with divorce. Your story doesn't end with sickness. <laughs> Your story doesn't end with failure. Your story doesn't end uh, uh, weak. Your story doesn't end with that sickness. Your story doesn't end with cancer. Your story doesn't end with that failure. Your story ends with you in the arms of Jesus. Because he who started a work in you, I got to look at my wife and say, he who started a work in you is surely to, to finish it. I got to look at my son and say, he who started a work in you is faithful to finish it. And you got to look at your husband and say, he who started a work in you, he who started a work in you is faithful to finish it. are you just going to allow it? As our worship team comes up, I, I want to give you the last point, and, it, and it's this. It's, it's exchange. You have to know that God doesn't just take away your sin, but he gives you gifts. God is so good that if he only took away what was destroying my life, 
have been greater than anything I've ever experienced. If all this father did was bring home his son and say, hey, you can stay here with him. That would have been superior than anything that son would have ever deserved. Monumentally greater than anything he would have deserved. But God doesn't just take away your sin. He gives you a gift. So it's a work that lasts for eternity, but it's also this great exchange. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old has gone. The new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Jesus. Look at Luke 15. It says, he who was calling to the servants, he was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and, and a dress for him. Put the family ring on his finger. The what? The family ring on his finger. In other words, you're a son. You're a son. You're not here to come back to be an employee. You're here to be a son. And the sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here. Give him up. Give him up for the dead and now is alive given up for loss and now is found and they began to have a wonderful time look at the picture he says give me your old clothes because i have a new robe to dress you with he says give me your dirty hands because i have a new ring to put on it give me your dirty feet because i got a sun sandal for you to wear give me the crumbs you were eating from the pig because i got a feast that you can feast on today and god you today in this very hour he says give me your sin because i got forgiveness to give you he says give me your anger because i got my love to give you give me your failure because i got my victory to give me you give me your anxiety because i have my peace to give you give me your life because i have abundant life to give you come on if you believe that in this place get up on your feet We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.